I don't even care if we don't talk about a gang thing. This is the last episode of season six, so. Oh, for real? <laughs> for real. Oh, damn. Yeah, I was just like, I'm just going to do 12. Yeah. And then I yeah. got to 10. Then my computer shat the bed. Uh, <laughs> I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was not great. <laughs> like, my, the charge port just quit working and everyone was like, easy fix. And I was like, cool, I'll just buy this cheap part and take it somewhere to be fixed. And then the part about it being easy to fix was a fucking lie. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. And then I had to work out of an old garbage computer that's like 12 years old. Oh, that's kind of like cute, though. Six weeks. It, it trucked along, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was very proud of it for, for you know, <laughs> hanging in there. But it did. Get your loaner going. Yeah, it did make recording and doing freelance work and stuff kind of a huge pain in the dick for a very long time. Uh-huh. And it didn't have to go on that long. Um, executive function, dysfunction made it go on that long. <laughs> yeah. I fucking yeah, I feel that. Yeah, and then I eventually just sort of was like, okay, I can, I can. And when my friend who was like, oh, I'll just fix that for you. It's just a matter of taking it apart and soldering the new piece back in. And then he came back like shell shocked, like it's not that easy. <laughs> like, you have to take like the motherboard and all the fans out. It's under a bunch of stuff. If I put it back in wrong, it's gonna fuck the whole computer. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll figure. I I will eventually figure out how to take it to a professional. Then a bunch of the places around me, like, wouldn't do that kind of work. Hmm. And then one of them was like, you can go to this other place that's nearly an hour away that only has hours until 5 p.m. and you get off work at 4.30. And I was like, sure. So, (laughs) yeah, great. great. So rather, like, fortunately, I am privileged to be in a position where I was like, I think I'll just buy a new one. Yeah. (laughs) I had the money. I think I just buy a new one. And then maybe I can give the computer back to my friend as a project and be like, hey, do you want to learn how to do the really complicated thing? Because you <laughs> yeah, can do you it know. on this. <laughs> you can do Break it, it on it now. Want. Yeah, take yeah, it as long yeah. take as long as you want. Buy some new toys if you want to do this complicated soldering work. If it's fucked, it's fucked. If it's not, it's not. I got a new computer. It's no skin off my nose. I'll have a backup if it's fixed. Yeah, yeah so that was, that was, that was now I'm, I now got a nice, real nice new computer. Frankly, well, that was the choice made for my sanity how have you been oh boy how have i been <laughs> good lord well la okay so okay. i don't i don't even know where to start so both of my boys are gaining adult levels of independence which uh-huh. affected me a lot more than i thought it would uh-huh. and has been sort of a weird journey for me with regards to like how i feel about parenthood and my place in their lives and to kind of sum it up because i don't i don't know how much i i don't remember how much i ever talked about this i married a person who already had two boys from a previous marriage so i came into their lives when they were oh my god seven and nine so i was we i yeah little (laughs) but also like they were just starting to set up in the oven you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. obviously they're going to remember you know, in their lives, there will be a pre-ray and a post-ray. Like, they they will retain that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as much as I jumped, like, feet first into parenthood, even after, like, kind of convincing myself that I was going to be child-free for my entire life, mm-hmm. and then suddenly, you know, falling in love with someone who has kids, and then being like, well, that decision has been made for me. <laughs> like, this is not a deal-breaker for me. Right. So, you know, jumping with both feet into parenthood, and especially with my own kind of like you know parent trauma because you know 
because you got it. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. yeah, one, yeah. Of my, one of my yeah. parents is low key abusive, like diet abuse. So I had sugar, my own had my own issues abuse. that I was bringing to that. Yeah, yeah, you know, like <laughs> seltzer abuse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's there. <laughs> like it's, it's not. Just like it's a, not as the, strong as it could be. But yeah, like those fancy water things where you like put fruit in it and then it makes the water taste oh, yeah. like a little bit like raspberries or whatever. Yeah, it's like, like that mm, with the abuse. This is, this is abuse, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Yeah. So yeah, coming into that. Uh, so you know, for the last ten years, I've been kind of existing as their parent without really coming to terms with the fact that yes i am i am their parent like not just as these are the jobs of that a parent does for a chill for a child like you know taking you to doctor's appointments and you know coming to graduation ceremonies and helping them with homework and you know telling stories and laughing and making cookies together but also Mm -hmm. like the the emotional investment and that connection and it's been Causing a lot of emotions to rise up in me as last Wednesday, my youngest started his junior year in high school, but um, he has his learner's permit. And much like you were saying, like, thankfully, we are in a position where we've been doing a lot of work to, like, heal our credit score and all sorts of other boring adult things. So I was in a position where I could actually you know, get him a car. And there was a really highly rated used car dealership nearby that had a 2018 Dodge Challenger. And that's like his dream car. And it's been his dream car since he was like a little kid and could tell the difference between like different cars. <laughs> so <laughs> so he's got that and he's got a learner's permit and he's uh, allowed to drive himself to and from school on that permit in the state of Kansas. So he's got a good measure of independence now. And, and he's talking about getting a job so he can pay for all the like cool stuff he wants to do to his cool car. So like that wave hit me first. And then two days after he started his junior year, my oldest moved into the dorm. He's now a student at KU studying to major in astronomy. And that was, I, I, I thought I was doing okay. <laughs> like I was like over the summer, I was like getting more and more irritable, getting more and more anxious, getting more and more like withdrawn. Like everybody fucking leave me alone. Like I, I started like cocooning basically it's you know what I, mean? <laughs> I started like crunching down into it like a neutron star like everybody come the fuck away i was very dense and energetic and then like the night before my youngest started his junior year like there was some sort of like a pinhole leak in the whole scenario and i just started like with emotion <laughs> like very slowly <laughs> like like hissing out and then it became like a, an explosive decompression of just like grief and a kind of agony that I can't really explain of we worked really hard to have the boys with us as much as possible mm-hmm. not just as you know the end of a long distance relationship for me on my end but also like custody battles and now we have to be okay with not seeing them as much as possible and it really blindsided me so it's been a mix of like the grief and that pain of separation, but also like pride and relief of like, okay, we did it. <laughs> like they're there. We, we can set them on their feet and they go walking confidently into <laughs> buildings on their own. And, and my, my oldest is now a college student with his own room and money and credit cards. And it's like a, 
a culmination of, of it's like a parent graduation like okay yes <laughs> we did it we, we passed but it's also very sad so yeah that's a good summation of the biggest forces that have been acting on my life <laughs> this, this year yeah yeah it's been uh it's been intense and then of course you know there's all the writing work and the games coming out and i haven't had yeah. a whole lot of time for playing unfortunately but you know, Exalted Essence came out and Did, how long how long ago was that? Two months I, ago? Dude, I don't know. I don't fucking know. I think man. it's two I, I dude, I don't know. I like It's been out. It's been out. It came out. Um I don't live inside linear time. So like it could have come out <laughs> yesterday for all I've processed it, but I think it was like two months ago. I know that there's no I know the erratiform is closed, so it's definitely it's been, been more closed. than a week. <laughs> yeah, it's been more than a week. Definitely. <laughs> it's been quite a uh, quite an emotional summer. It has been. I it, like a whole it's been kind of like a whole year of interesting yeah. things, hasn't it? Yeah. Been a buck wild 2023. Yeah. I really hope that the end of 2023 is promising. Yeah. I feel like it's shaping up to be pretty cool. Yeah. Especially since next year is an election year, and those are scary these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, they seem to be getting scarier and scarier. Yeah, I could, I'm like, mm, I could use some kind of personal win in order to be less terrified going into the next year. Yeah, let's, let's like shore up our resources. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's prepare for the long winter. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in a place, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to officially start the episode right here. Yeah. We don't have to talk about anything gaming related. We can just talk. Yeah, it's been a while. Welcome to Bonus Extreme. Hey, this is a gay... Oh no! Oh, can you do uh, it? This, can you still do it? This is a podcast <laughs> yes. about the play experience and the finer details of running and running games. Yep. It's a deeper look at, but go on. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, we're, queer, we're, we're queer people uh, with yep. speaking with authority about games. Yes. Yes. And? And we swear. Yes. And? I'm mad about it. I'm mad about it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. It's like riding a bike. I'm so proud of you. I could still do the target closing announcements. I know I've done that before on the show, but I yes, just, just to throw that out there. That's a wrinkle in my brain that's never smoothing out. I fully understand. I fully understand. And last night, last night, Gary was like, this song will sometimes get in my head and I can't get it out. And I'm like, yeah, which song, babe? And he goes, want to put my tender heart in a blender? And I was like, oh, and I just started singing it. And he was like, how do you know all the words to this song? It's like, I don't know. Because it was super <laughs> popular in the away. late 90s. And I know every yeah. song that was super popular in the late 90s. I Watch was this radio child. Rendezvous, then I'm through with you. <laughs> music was so bad. Music was so <sighs> bad back then. I made a whole playlist of songs that came out when i turned 18 because i'm trying to yeah. one of the other things that has really fucked with me is that my children are now reaching the ages where i can remember what i was like at their age yeah. especially for my son who is now 18 and in college like i remember what i was like and what i was up to when i was 18 <laughs> so i have a whole playlist of like the music i was listening to when i was 18 yeah. and so much of it is bad 
<laughs> yeah, I made so a late, really bad. I I made a late nineties nostalgia playlist. Mm-hmm. Specifically tracks that came out. My metric for this was music that came out between nineteen ninety six and nineteen ninety nine. Right. No, right. tried not to be any earlier or any later unless they were songs I really fucking liked. <laughs> uh, right. So uh, that is just like, it's just a bunch of pop songs that I really liked in middle school. Younger than 18, for sure. Like, I think if I made a playlist about things I was into when I was 18, it would mostly be like anime music. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There should be a lot more J-pop on my list. Yeah. Well, I did also put anime tracks that I really liked from high school because those shows were coming out during the time period so the song is from that time period even though i was listening to it much later and yes a lot of like (laughs) i revisited a lot of things and i was like some of these songs are bad and some of these songs are not (laughs) yes like listening to like a three doors down song and i'm like man this used to move me to tears and now i'm like this is bad (laughs) but then listening to an audio slave song like oh thank god this one still holds up (laughs) yeah yeah did I, t- I tell you that one time a while ago, MJ sent me one headlight <gasps> and was like, this song is a banger. Have you ever heard this song before? Um, uh, and yeah. I both like, <laughs> fucking one headlight. I both like Jesus. climbed out of my crypt like a vampire, like, yes, <laughs> I do know the ancient wisdom. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, I'm, um, it was super, super popular in like 1998. And it was all over the yeah, pop you're charts. You're talking and... about the fucking wallflowers. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then I was like, okay, sorry, I don't Bob mean to Dylan's be like talk kid. down to you. I was like, you're right. That song is really good. Yeah. I'm so that, glad you, you know found what? it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad. yeah. But yes, I do know that song. I am familiar. But, with and it. then even like, okay, so a slightly different paradigm mm-hmm. on my Tumblr dash, the uh, everyone knows it is the Numa Numa song. But right. uh yeah. turned, I don't know, it was like 20 years old or something. And everyone's like, oh my God, this is such a banger. How come I've never heard this song before? And I was like, I couldn't fucking escape this song. So I'm really glad that you guys enjoy it. I fucking know how to sing Romanian because of this fucking song. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're correct. It is a banger. Yes. Maybe more of an earworm than a banger. I think of banger implies that it's good as opposed to catchy it's still good don't know <laughs> okay okay don't you besmirch right. <laughs> ozone on my was it ozone is that what they were yeah yeah don't you besmirch them okay i won't thank you they will go unsmirched yeah i was trying to get into a little bit of like I, i'm trying to have to figure out how to properly describe this like i was trying to work a little bit of my nostalgia for the late 90s style of pop and anime into my book mm. in a way that was just mm, like right it, but without trying to be referential like i was not trying to reference anything it's just the headspace i wanted to be in while i was sort of world building yeah because one of the things i'm doing with the setting shoot there's a fly trying to drown itself in my coffee um <laughs> one of the things i was trying to do with the setting was that like it always lightly annoys me in other epic fantasies where they're like, 10,000 years of history, and then the present is still the Ren Fair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, what does 10,000 years of wizard history look like if the technology continues to progress apace and so that the present day is sort of like our present day? Mm. And so it is modern, but it's definitely not the real world. And like, anybody who's like, 
tired. Guns and technology and magic doesn't work together. Wired. Wizards have a group chat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's what I'm going for. And I'm definitely going for like literally 10,000 years of history as the first book takes place in the year 9998 and 9999. Okay. And I'm yeah. working on I, like all of this building up to both do sort of like uh, the magical significance of 10,000 and also to make Y10K jokes in the last book. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> yeah, right. Sure. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out how I pitch. This is undeniably an epic fantasy, but it does not take place at the Ren Fair. <laughs> I mean, right there is your, I mean, that's your pitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess can, it is. It's, it's the whole, like, you know, that's the the origin of the idea of an elevator pitch is, you know, you only have an elevator ride with this agent. How do you pitch your book? That's your elevator pitch. Yeah. So if you can say, like, yeah, it's like a fantasy world with 10,000 years of history, except that it they're not still in the Ren Fair. They're in a, a, sim <laughs> a simulacra of the modern world. Yeah. Yeah, my my the two parts of my setting elevator pitch are that like one half is you know what if the present was no longer the Ren Fair but more like our present, and the other half is you know that meme that's like is it Steven Universe or is it ketamine? It's Steven Universe on ketamine. God. <laughs> okay, cool. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Do you know that? Are you familiar I'm, with that meme? No idea what you're talking about, but I have a feeling you're gonna be a big hit with locked tomb fans <laughs> yes so i have a copy on one hand i do want to read them because i heard they were good but i also didn't want it to affect my work so i have not read it and i probably won't until i get an agent <laughs> which does then mean that it's very difficult for me to sell it on a book i've never read because you do need comps and I feel like I could pull that off. Like, you are you are supposed to compare things that are released within the last couple of years in the same genre, similar style of theme. But from what, like, D has told me about it, <laughs> that, that they're actually not that similar. Maybe more in the sense of it's kind of approaching a couple of classic fantasy ideas, but with a very modern lens. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that is... Sense already kind of in my query letter where i straight up am like this is this and I, I i do a lot of like there's elves and there's dwarves and there's trolls and there's giants and there's like fantasy races but i am also looking at them the way modern things look at them and so i definitely have a like this is a t very 21st century take on epic fantasy mm -hmm. if you want to mm -hmm. read a, a classic classic take on epic fantasy where it's still the ren fair but it's you know got the modern sensibility i highly recommend you go read the priority of the orange tree yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you want an epic fantasy where there's like giants and dragons and elves and trolls and wizards and people with magic swords and shit, but you want it to be funny, irreverent, hopeful, and a little goofy, where also everyone has cell phones, guns, and cars, that's my book. <laughs> 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 and I uh, like, I'm walking this sort of tightrope where I'm trying to figure out how to sell what's going on succinctly because it's both like yeah it's funny and it's got a bright colorful setting and it's welcoming and queer and like that's the steven universe part and then it's like trippy and a little weird and uh there's like a big cosmic plot line behind the whole thing uh and some of the gays are messy and that's the ketamine part and then <laughs> it's also about being in the autism spectrum and about like mental disability and about how like people just don't understand your specific needs 
It's also about that. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's going to be a hell of a thing to pitch. It is going to be a hell of a thing to pitch. <laughs> I really... I really wish you luck. I, I, I'm in like, I'm in the, the phase where I'm like, I want to like offer advice or help, but mm -hmm. I am like, I am yeah. a literary nobody, I mean, so to speak. So I'm just like, okay. I don't know, I got an agent once. <laughs> and then that's like, mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I have a couple people who have offered to help, like Lauren Roy will help me. MK also offered to help me the new editor-in-chief and Onyx Path. Oh, that's cool. They're super cool. Yeah, yeah. We got to chatting a bit, and they were like, oh, yeah, I'll totally review your query letter. And I was like, oh, I'll happily pay you for your time. And she was like, no, you don't have to. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I will pay you for your time. No, for real. No, for real. <laughs> uh, she was like, yeah, if you want me to review the manuscript, that, that would cost you money. And I was like, I may pay you for both, hun. <laughs> <laughs> for your schedule. Yeah, yeah, clear your schedule. I will tip you if you are not insistent on... Uh, being paid specifically whatever every fucking time the monday meeting notes go out and there's no update on my novella i get so <laughs> demoralized <laughs> i want this thing to be out i need people to read it it may have also moved and not been updated because pillars sat marked post-editing development when it was just waiting to go into the art queue for like weeks and it was just it was just marked as still in post-editing development so people in the fan court were all like why is it still what's going on why is it still being developed and i was like that's that stopped a while ago i don't know what to tell you that's the, the update is wrong i don't know what to say i'm not still fucking with it <laughs> it's been, been done been moved <laughs> i want it out i want to have it yeah i, can actually I would like to print. read them too i'm very much looking forward to reading all three and i hope d like actually went and got art that wasn't specifically from essence because there is no essence art that matches <laughs> the story in any way i think d had to use they're supposed to use art from the book and only the half pages and i'm like oh no I'm nuts to that <laughs> oh my God. fucking side rather you just put a fucking gradient on the cover because there's no art in essence that looks anything like white wall that looks any that is that takes it's place gonna be in the, the guy with a dog Ugh, it's gonna be come the dog. There's no guy with a dog in that. There's a guy named the Hound, but there's no guy with a dog. I, d I was like, oh, what a bummer to not have to not even be able to use the good like chapter pieces, like the big full page ones. Because like, I don't know, the one where the solar is like fighting off all the zombies and they're all like silhouetted around her. I'm like that one might be good. Like, there's not a solar in it, but it's close enough. But apparently, that image is too big for the yeah. cover. So. Yeah. Mm. I'll make my own image. I'll do. I'll fucking do it for free. I don't. I don't want to. The shitty cover is like my nightmare. <laughs> I personally, I'm not the art director, but I personally like it when you have like a concept piece of concept art or like a basic description or whatever, and then they're a little off model because every artist drew the same character differently, and like. In my opinion, a good iconic character design will carry through across yes, different that, artists actually. drawing the same character. You will always be able to tell, oh, that's so-and-so because they have the sword and the mm -hmm, hat. Mm -hmm. Oh, they got the green hair and the eye patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the green hair and the eye patch. They're like... I counted like three and... or four Aldi brand crickets in essence. Mm -hmm, there were like three or four Aldi brand crickets and there are three or four Aldi brand Saraces who all look 
hilariously inconsistent. <laughs> it's great, honestly. You'd be like, oh, you got green hair and an eye patch. I know who you are. <laughs> yep. <laughs> at least, I mean, at least in 2E, 2E didn't have the chapter fiction, which, uh-huh. you know, was to its detriment, but replacing it with the chapter comics at least gave you that kind of like artistic through line where you could have the SIGs interacting in art and going on their adventures and shit. Mm-hmm. But then 3E, like, there's very few instances of like characters repeating. So you can go, oh, that's so and so. They're doing this now. That's neat. Yeah. <laughs> it's and just I'm like pretty a, sure here's a different that's... guy. Here's another different guy. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, that does mean that like I, I was slipping through it and I was like, oh, I did a really good job making sure that this art is diverse as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a there's Essence like a is diverse a, as fuck. Yeah, it's got I, I thank you. I'm very pleased with myself in those notes. Uh, I'm like, oh, great. There's like a hot brown person every 10 pages, if not more. <laughs> Also, every time annoying people on the internet complain about an exalt in a wheelchair, I add another one to an art note. <laughs> yes, there's going to be a whole wheelchair legion, you fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They only yeah. did this because uh. they realized that gay people like exalted. You dumb motherfuckers. Dumb, dumb motherfuckers. Gay you people dumb like assholes. Gay people are in charge of exalted, you <laughs> fucking idiots. Fucking morons. You absolute goddamn walnuts. You sack of doorknobs. <laughs> <laughs> fucking read the room god damn <laughs> yeah this yeah, i i've talked about this online in a bunch of spaces where it's just like the no fascists can play this game rule is great and all it's fine to put up a no girls allowed sign but i really think that your product should simply be abhorrent to them <laughs> you really I mean, should just yeah you should really just make a game that makes them so allergic to touch it that they have to scream and froth about it on the internet and that I, to I me have, is as much success I have my own opinions on this which uh for many reasons i think is stupid and immature and an attention grabbing ploy but yeah i agree with you that you shouldn't need to put a big sign in front that says fascists aren't allowed to play my game because i mean your game should be antithetical to fascism yes yes, like you shouldn't need to call it out like it's like it's like white people getting a tattoo that says, oh, you hate racism. It's like, imagine being the kind of person that feels like you need to do that. Yeah. That you need to, like, very proudly, like, not me on your body. Like, just do the work. It, it feels a work. lot like... <laughs> Show yeah. up and do the my work. I hate, my <laughs> I hate racism tattoo is answering a lot of questions answered by my I hate racism tattoo. <laughs> Ugh. You know, why did you why did you put a sign up about it? I should hope that that would be the default. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But yes, every time some sort of Christo fascist nutcase or 4chan piece of shit or whatever loses their mind over like loses their mind over the visibly disabled character in Exalted Art, I'm just like, good, good, working <laughs> as intended, go away, excellent, Leave. be gone, away yeah. from me. I can't believe you put such and such in the game. All right, cool. Stop playing it. <laughs> Please stop playing like, it. My, my I'm answer, begging you. My answer for people who go like, well, there's wheelchairs in the game, gay people, and I don't like it. It's like, I didn't make this game for you. Like, that's that's it. That's the end of the that's the end of the conversation. I didn't make it for you. I made it for all my gay disabled friends. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and in fact, I am now Tumblr Mutuals with someone who was like, oh, it's so delightful that there were so many disabled people in this art. And that made me yeah. feel like I could truly be a hero as a disabled person. And it was really exciting. So I made a character around that idea. And I'm like, yeah, that's th you are who yes! this is for. Absolutely. We like this wasn't like I, I've, I've talked about this before. Uh, and this was like, like kind of a, a weird like crystal. It's not I'm not going to say like this is what radicalized me. But, you know, there's a moment in Dragon Age Inquisition where you are, you find out that one of the NPCs is a trans man. And mm -hmm. in the dialogue, there's no option for your character to say, hey, I'm also trans or I'm also GNC or, or any, there's no option for, oh, me too. And it struck me that this is like, this is the most damning proof that this game was not made with the consideration that trans people might be in the audience. Mm -hmm. And it, it's like, I try to, I honestly try to keep that disappointment and kind of like sadness, like in the back of my mind when I'm writing shit like this, like I, I don't want it to be like, oh, I'm, I'm just like, you know, I'm earning good boy points with the other good boy liberal leftists. It's, it's no, I, I know that you're in my audience. I know that you're out there. <laughs> I want you yeah. to know that like, yes, you were totally, you were totally represented here. You're totally welcome to enjoy this stuff that I've made. This is for you. Yeah, yeah. I I see you, and you are welcome here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's a, it's a I, I had thing kind of a, a similar. So having a having a grown son, who mm -hmm. is also very online, means that mm -hmm. we've had differences of opinion of a bunch of stuff. And honestly, some of it I haven't handled very well, just because of you know growing up as as what I now understand, growing up as queer and you know neurodivergent through the 80s and the 90s mm -hmm. it has given me kind of a kind of a hair trigger response to having like identity issues challenged mm -hmm. and unfortunately i've had that hair trigger response with like my own son which sucks and is something that i've had to like step back from and think about and try to be like this is not some other like adult with power over you who's trying to like make you fit into a, a square hole instead of a triangular hole this is your kid Right. And I uh, the most recent like the most recent occurrence of this, I guess, was actually when we went to do like the freshman orientation event uh, over the summer at KU. Mm -hmm. And they had a lot of it's a great school, by the way, <laughs> like a really fucking great school, very <laughs> inclusive campus. And awesome. they had like a bunch of tables set up for like the different like like, you know, the Gay Straight Alliance and, and you know, the, the queer communities and all that. And they were handing out stickers and, you know, they're handing out the uh, the inclusive pride flag with like the fucking the Jayhawk on it, which is just a goofy little cartoon bird. And my son at the time, he was asking me, did you see if they have any versions of this that aren't the inclusivity flag, just the old school pride flag? And I was like, no, I only see this one. He's like, oh, that's a shame because I don't I don't really agree with the, the inclusivity flag. And I, I shut down. I got mm -hmm. like really like upset and nervous like right away and shut down and i had to like come back and rethink it and uh, honestly i i asked for i asked for some like input and advice from violet who is mm -hmm. an awesome she's Violet's so fucking cool i like violet a lot <laughs> hey violet this green is, a, is cool as hell this is a pro violet space this is I a pro violet, violet space we, here we love and support Violet. Yeah. And she gave me some really great advice. So I was able to kind of like recontextualize it and calm down and come back and talk to him about it a couple of days later and just be like, you said this, 
I reacted pretty strongly and I'm sorry about that. And I wanted to come back and ask you, like, what is what's your opinion about this? Because I I was honestly assuming the worst. I was assuming some sort of like anti-trans or, you know, crypto racist or some, you know, some garbage bullshit that he would have heard on Reddit or something. And I've learned that I hadn't given the kid enough credit because he actually had like this really well thought out, nuanced. His whole thing was, well, for, first of all, his whole th- the first thing is that he's really into flags <laughs> and he's like, the inclusivity flag is ugly. It's a terrible flag. And I'm like, you're right. It's a bad flag. You're right. You're but right. It is. We're talking about the progress flag with the like chevron with the trans side right yeah you know it's a hideous flag (laughs) but i have one on my car it's an awful flag yeah Yeah. (laughs) but it's our flag so but then he also said the reason that he doesn't like the inclusivity flag is because he feels like specifically calling out members of the community with like the trans chevron and the black and brown stripes Mm -hmm. is unfairly segregating them when the original pride flag was meant to be like the entire community now we have this flag that's also like oh and also trans people and people of color and yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, huh. OK. That's and I, and I gave him like, a, oh. right? Yeah. So I gave him a quick yeah. primer on like the origins of the progress flag and why those colors were added and how it's kind of a, almost an olive branch uh, acknowledging that these specific aspects of the community were not only like important, like founding members of the modern queer community, but also were excluded because, you know, because of racism and transphobia and all that. So we both come away like understanding each other a lot more. And it was this moment of where he was fierce about like, we shouldn't be, this should stand for everyone truly without us having to add asterisks. And I was like, that's fucking great. I love that sentiment. I wish that we lived in a world where that was okay. But right now we have this flag to be like, no, never again. They're part of the community. And we're calling that out and being like, no, you really, you really belong here. We we're sorry that, for the longest time, you know, obviously it still happens because it's a process, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's an attempt to repair it. But yeah, that was all just as a, you brought up like inclusivity and like acknowledging. And, and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. That reminds me of this. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm very much a fan of the original, the Gilmore Breaker pride flag, the original pride flag. Yeah. With the pink stripe. Uh, yeah. The pink, uh, yeah. Pink stripe. Yeah. And uh, the purple stripe. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, and, and with like each stripe having a very specific meaning. Uh, one more thing yes. to try to cram into my pitch or not. The meanings of the seven, eight colors on the Gilbert Baker pride flag are all themes in the book and series because it's a trilogy. Oh, nice. <laughs> and it makes an appearance, like the order of color makes an appearance a couple times in the book, including like the main character gets a magic like leather breastplate that she can change size is one of the things there's this shape shifts and then it's laced up on the sides with like it's like that dark like black leather and it's laced up the sides with these like neon lacings and the lacings are of course the gilbert baker pride flag that's awesome I but like only, it. only if you know what that is <laughs> <laughs> otherwise it's like cool rainbow cool rainbow yeah that i think i may i mean i'm saying it right now but i think i may leave that in there to see who gets it or who doesn't yeah i both feel very optimistic about my chances getting an agent and getting a deal and i I'm, i both i'm like i think this is gonna happen i i I'm, i feel strongly that i have a successful thing on my hands and on the other hand i'm the demon in my brain is like fuck you for even trying oh please yeah you should see some of the fucking garbage that people i'm to- 
Sure. Wary. Like one of my one of my goals is to be the thing that when the agent opens my query, they're like, "Oh, thank God, someone can fucking write." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really want them to immediately be... land you in the in the slush pile. <laughs> yeah, I really want to be the person in their inbox who they're like, oh, "Finally." That, that Gordon yeah. Ramsay finally some good fucking food meme. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that, I want that. I want to be that person for that agent's inbox. I want, and I, I really want someone who is excited about my thing, which is like what you should want, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't, no, you don't want an agent who's like, yeah, okay, this will do. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the opposite of what an agent is for. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. I'm playing Fabula Ultima tonight. Oh, shit, you're going to tell me how you like it. Yeah, I mean, character creation was great. Yeah? I played Fabula Ultima. I'm going to play Fabula Ultima tonight, and I played Break over the weekend. Both of them, very slick character creation. Yeah. And, like, I know we precision-engineered Essence's character creation to be as painless as humanly possible, and then the part where you have to pick charms, there's nothing to be done about that. So, like, that's become my gold standard. If your character creation is more complicated than Essence's character creation, I don't have any patience for it. And <laughs> Fabula, Ultima, and Break both um, met and exceeded my expectations. Oh, excellent. When we were making Fabula, Ultima characters, there was a point where everyone at the table, like, H got up to go to the bathroom, and everyone at the table just went silent because they were working on their characters, like, just diligently working on their characters. It had, like, you know how in a restaurant when everybody's really hungry and you've all been talking really loudly and animatedly the meal and then the food shows up and then everybody goes really quiet because they're enjoying their food? Yeah. It was yeah. like that, but for character creation. Like, everyone was writing down their stuff and they were studiously flipping through the books and everybody had a book on their phone or their tablet or a physical copy on the table and it, like... I don't know that I've ever seen a group just, like, knuckle down and happily finish their characters ever. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't experienced something like that since, honestly, since previous editions of D&D, mm-hmm. like 3.5 and 4, mm-hmm. where it was just like, heads down, got your books out, doing some calculations, trying to figure out, like, okay, what prestige class am I going to end up going for? Like, you know, everybody in the building their guy zone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for... A game that is very good at letting you build a guy. As much as I have freely sung the praises of like Powered by the Apocalypse games and games that have playbooks, there's something to be said for just making a guy. Yeah. <laughs> just just grabbing a bunch of different things and shoving them together and making a guy. Yeah, the thing that I think impressed me the most about Fabula Ultima is that it has a thing that I think basically any game that has a bunch of moving parts for making your guy should have. And that's the thing that lets you skip it. Oh. <laughs> it's just got a bunch of pre... It has a whole two-page spread of prepackaged templates complete with the whole build, and you just copy it, and then you're done. Oh, excellent. That's great. And if you don't particularly like the... Because um, you, you basically like... It's, it's, it's very Final Fantasy Tactics, where you have a job, right? And then a bunch of jobs make up your... Yeah, yeah. The stuff you can do. Yeah, it's, it's very JRPG. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it, they like it's on the cover. They literally tell you it's that kind of JRPG. Yeah. Um so yeah. you have a number of points to split between your like class abilities, your job abilities. And so like if I take the pirate package and it gives me the thing that lets me attack a bunch of times with my sword from the like weapon master class cuz that's what you need for that. If I would rather have the thing that lets me be a pirate who has like one big weapon, I can just move the points from that one to the other one. 
It's okay. so easy right. to take that and then be like, mm, well, I didn't really like the picks that they made, so I'm just going to swap them out because they all cost the same. Hey, that's awesome. It's so good. So you can either spend your time pouring over the book and being like, oh, I want to have this combination of jobs, and I really want to invest in these abilities, and I really want to do all this stuff, or you can just be like, I'm a pirate. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Is, are there any, like, I mean, obvi obviously, if they're... they're trying to build this on the JRPG feel. Mm -hmm. How obvious is it when you're going through the pre-maids of like, oh, this is the Sid Highwind. Oh, this is the Squall Lionheart. Like, like is it less like that and more like, this is the White Mage. This is the Red Mage. This is gotcha. the... This is the... I'm trying to think of the names of some other classes and I can only think of White and Red Mage. The Summoner. Summoner, yeah. Uh, not tactician. I don't Dark know. I, I this is so not my wheelhouse. But it's more like that. It's more like this is this job okay. package. This is this job package. Like, or maybe it is more like this is Sid. This is Squall. Whatever. And I just am not as familiar with how those are supposed to look. But it does. <laughs> it is really kind of like it's kind of a make your own JRPG. Mm -hmm. I know that there's an emphasis on the world building. Yes, they really want you to make up your own setting with its own problems. And there's like a chart that you can roll on if you want to. And all the charts with the prompts are all really, really, really excellent prompts. Yeah, okay. You can also use those to make up who your character is. And that's what I did. And I love what I rolled. <laughs> and the, the prompts for like your character concept are really open-ended. They're like treasure hunter, princess. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fucking great. You know, knight errant or whatever. Like, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm a... And then you roll for three of them and you're like, I'm a... Monarch, treasure hunter, who's charming. <laughs> oh yeah, and no, there's one for what kind of personality your main personality trait. Yeah, and I okay. that and the combination of things I just said is what I rolled. I was like, yeah, I'll play a charming treasure hunting monarch, sure. That's awesome. I like it. <laughs> You're the Prince of Thieves. Yeah, I was I spent a lot of time deciding whether or not I was going to be like Fire Emblem Nobility, where I'm like, you know, we all know nobility is bad, but like this is this is a fire emblem, so I'm not. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> or if I was going to be like Prince of Thieves, pr Queen of Pirates, you know, King of the Mercenaries, right? Am I, or am I a, yeah, yeah. a monarch in the sense of being like in charge of this group of people, right? Or this criminal enterprise? Uh, and I went with the former because we're going for a little kind of everyone made a character that's just a little bit goofy okay. in the way that like the D&D &D memes do. <laughs> We're definitely taking it seriously, but everyone's character has a little bit element of a joke. Okay, okay. And I, I enjoy it when people do that. I randomly rolled for the name of my kingdom and came up with Alexandria, and I don't know why the first thing that came out of my mouth was, that's my mom's name, but that is what happened. It's not my real mom's name. Um, and, then, and so I like, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to roll with this brain dead thing I said because I was tired on a Tuesday night. Yeah. And so I was like, Vegeta situation. It's the name of the kingdom and the name of the people who rule <laughs> yes. it and is the name of every single ruler. Uh, and that's regardless of gender. <laughs> I am Alexandria the 33rd from Alexandria. That was my mom's name and her dad's name. Uh, we are Alexandrians. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, so that's the joke element in my character. One of my other friends is playing a, a battle cook who of is course, not a yes. chef, who is a battle line cook. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so just a line cook. Yes. <laughs> uh, he came he came from the JRPG uh, Waffle House and might be the scariest <laughs> person in the party. 
That's fucking great. Yeah, and everybody's character thus far are like, this is a concept that I am very invested in it and want to enjoy playing with just a little bit, just a little bit of a joke. Just a little bit of silliness. Just a little bit of silliness. I love it. That's wonderful. The Battle Cook reminds me that I've, like, I finally got started reading Dungeon Meishi. Oh, yeah? Yeah, did you know that it's actually pretty good? Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's a, talking about this. <laughs> 11 billion people have told me that it's pretty good. God, it's so fucking good. It's really good. I could go on for fucking ever about it, but I do keep coming back to, like, I wonder if, I wonder how you could make a game, like a TTRPG about D&D, but you're cooking. <laughs> like, a lot of, there are a couple of different, like, cooking-themed, like, you know, there's, like, Uranium Chef or Fate, and there's another, like, Battle Chef something, I can't remember, indie game that I saw earlier, but... So I know that this is this is a genre that has been like kind of explored a little bit, but Dungeon Meishi takes that Tolkien-esque, you know, there's dwarves and elves, but there's no inherently evil races, mm -hmm. but there is like strife between races. Like you, at one point they run into a community of orcs who have mm -hmm. been displaced by adventurers and we're meant to be like, we're meant to be sympathetic toward them. Like one of the characters is like, no, these aren't. These are my buddies, basically, like, you know, these are these are just dudes who are trying to survive just like we are, even though they're still it's not like, you know, anime will try to take attack. Like, this is an orc and it's like a pretty girl, but with like tusks, they're actually they're still pretty monstrous. They still look. And that's another thing that she's OK. Ryokukui is a very, very good character designer. And mm -hmm. she's not only like excellent at building this world, but at building it out with these very believable, very different peoples and cultures and just mm -hmm. individual characters there's a couple it's a very short arc and then it's kind of a, a callback gag later where the main party like has an encounter with a changeling fairy ring that makes them all like change race basically mm -hmm. but you can still tell who everyone is even though like oh the dwarf is now an elf and the elf is now a gnome and the halfling is now a human. Like, you can still recognize who they are because of how she draws them. And it's... And, and then the writing is so fucking good. And it's about, like, community and caring for each other. And there's a lot of, like, ecological stuff going on with sustainability. And it's just really, really good. And I think it's actually going to be ending soon, which is a real bummer. I haven't finished the whole thing yet. I think I, I just finished book nine. God, it's so fucking good. I can't, I don't, I, there's an anime coming soon. I'm looking forward to watching the show. Yes, I, I don't normally, like, I've fallen off of reading pretty hard, but when I finally, like, it's like, I'll just get the first three books and see what it's like. And then it'll be like, as soon as I finish a book, I order the next three. It's just, <laughs> it's just really good. It's really yeah. funny. It's really heartwarming. It's really well written and drawn. And I don't, I like it. But anyway, D&D &D with cooking. Yeah. <laughs> You do with cooking. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, maybe there's may, I think there. maybe you can do that in Fabulous, but I'm going to find out tonight. Ooh. Also, it uses a, like a pair of dice, so it's not flat distribution, mm. and it uses different types of dice, but it uses like D, just D6 through D10 so that that pairing has like a very clean spread that you can work with. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Dice Wizard approves. So it's just D6, D8, D10? Yeah. And then two of them <laughs> added together in some capacity. Okay. And they're like your stats have ratings like your dexterity might be a D8, right? Right. And okay. then you okay. add two stats together and roll those two dice. And then you're looking, do you add this, the two numbers together looking for a difficulty? Pretty straightforward. Hmm. 
All right, that's cool. Yeah, and sometimes you can add this. And the, the cool thing is, is you can add the same stat twice. So like if you are rolling, like let's say you have a D10 and dexterity because you're really fucking fast. And then this is a like super fast weapon. It might be dex plus dex. And so I would roll 2d10. Nice, okay. And so I have a yeah. 2 to 20 outcome. I was like, oh, very impressed with how this used different die sizes, didn't just go with flat distribution, which is boring and lazy, <laughs> and like did a thing that I was... Im- I, like, it is the one of the few games I've read in a while that I was I, I have been impressed with. That's awesome. Not just like, oh, that's pretty good. I, I was like, oh, I am impressed by what you have done here. And so I'm really looking forward to playing it tonight, and I hope it doesn't disappoint me while I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing how it goes for you. I've kind of skimmed over the rules before and mm-hmm. i likewise was impressed with not only how clean the rules were designed but also at least on paper because I, I you know i haven't had a, i haven't played it but it, it seems to to really follow the the spirit of a jrpg mm-hmm. where it's you know stat based but it's not going to be like kill goblins over and over until you get enough experience and gold to level up like there's still like some nuance to what's going on and you have a kind of an interesting take on the different fantasy classes and is there a dancer there's a dancer right there's a dancer in the like we also got a bunch of there's a like a ton more classes for like the like, the second book that's currently in playtesting and there's a dancer in that nice and, a, and an idol like a pop singer oh really yeah really there's oh, like a fuck. singer a i wonder if anyone's class. working on a uh a Final Fantasy X to like dress sphere. Oh, pack. maybe that would that would be really fun. I would play the fuck out of that if somebody could like find the way to. I don't know. That was such a visual gimmick, but it was really fun. I really liked Final Fantasy X to. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. That's Me too. It's because favorites. we're gay. Honestly, yes. <laughs> it's, it's because we are gay. There's an like answer women to this and question, and it, really it is it is because we like women. Uh, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's why. Uh, do you also like uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen? <laughs> I tried to. I've yeah. I've been thinking about it a lot lately, actually. Yeah. yeah. With wait, Thirteen is Thirteen is the one with lightning, right? Yes, Thirteen is the one. Yes. That, that is with lightning and Fang and Vanille and Saz, who are the best Absolutely. part of that. And then there were no other characters in that game. Oh no, no other characters. No. Wasn't there Fang were... originally like designed as a male character, and then mm-hmm. really late in development, they're like, "Wait, no, yeah, we're let's make her lady instead," and didn't yeah, change yeah. anything else. <laughs> that's how you write a woman. It is how you write a woman. <laughs> just... Honestly, that's how you should be writing men too. Just yes. write a character as a certain gender, and then when change it's it. too late to like mm-hmm. go back and do a lot of work to change it to like fit your weird notions of gender, change their gender, mm-hmm. and suddenly you've got a unique, interesting character, <laughs> like uh, Hot Fuzz. <laughs> Like Hot Fuzz? Yeah. The, um, Tell Nick me the Frost, story. Nick Frost's character was supposed to be a woman. Really? Yes. Oh, that's why there's so much tension between yes. the two of them. Yeah, I was like, did I get the wrong actor? I can't remember anybody's name. And I fucked this up previously. But yeah, it's Nick Frost. The good cop to the to the slacker cop. Yes, yes, yes. It's supposed to be a, a, his love interest. And then they just decided it would be better as a man and then didn't change anything else. They're so right. Uh-huh. They're so right. Uh-huh. They're so good. But yeah, no, 13, I actually keep thinking about Cocoon, because I've been, I'm so into, like, when you take a world that has a really weird cosmology and then try to view it through a modern lens, like Cocoon, which is a world on the inside of a sphere, mm-hmm. which I adored. I loved the visuals of, of that, and I loved, like, the different, like, I guess, geological implications of living on the inside of a sphere. Mm-hmm. And I have been, like, turning my baleful gaze yet again to the idea of, like, what if exalted, but in a modern time and thinking about like, what would a flat, like truly flat world 
bordered on all sides with chaos, how would that affect a modern, like a world that's got our level of technology and our kind of cultural distribution? You, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. yeah, I've been thinking about 13 a lot and it may lead me to actually like playing 13 again, but yeah. the 10 hour tutorial was kind of a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid that revisiting 13 will lead you to the same conclusion I had playing it the first time, which was like, this would have been better if it was actually about lightning. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't there a sequel about lightning called Lightning uh, Returns? Yeah, it? it's not very good. Anyway, I'm very hungry, so we should wrap this up so I can have some lunch. Yep. As much as I could probably sit here and talk for another hour, BXP is brought to you by the Misdirected Mark Network. I make everybody bing, by the way. Oh, good. Uh, become, become a BXP patron. Patrons get an extended cut of every episode, episodes early, and a special place to hang out on our Discord. And you can support us for as little as $1 a month for just pennies on the dollar. You, too, can support tabletop industry nerds. If you'd rather support BXP without Patreon, you can subscribe on Coffee instead, ko-fi.com slash bonus EXP, or buy our stuff. Go to bxpcast.com slash bxpswag and check out our merch page. And don't forget, BXP is sponsored by Nerdy Cappy. You can get all kinds of rad queer swag. Remember to use code bxpcast at checkout for 10% off, which never expires. And saying nice things is always free. Leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, Stitcher, wherever. Tell your friends and help us get more listeners. And if you like bonus experience, you will like Misdirected Mark Plays, Phil, Chris, Bob, and Jerry play and discuss a campaign they've created and are playing. Now, instead of just hearing them talk about the theory of gaming and game mastering of the games they're playing, you can actually hear what they do at the table. It's come full circle in their exploratory play series, MM Plays. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That's you can cool, find guys. more of the show at bxpcast.com, part of the Misdirected Mark Network. I already banged. You're not going to get right. me to bang again. Uh, Rob, take the previous <laughs> bang. Put it right here. Uh, you can send us an email. There wasn't a topic this time, but you can send us an email. Please send us an email. I'm tired of getting spam bots asking me to improve my SEO to bonusexpcast at gmail.com. Please, please give me a reprieve from this madness. You can also follow us for bonus experience on Tumblr. One word. I don't remember to update it, but we sure are there. <laughs> Maybe over the off-season, I will make sure all the episodes are put up and linked on that Tumblr, so there's at least that. Because we are now, all our episodes yeah. are now up on YouTube, just in case you didn't know. Oh, nice. This is the last episode of season six, so there will not be any more episodes after this one until the next season. But if you want to come hang out with us in the meantime, sometimes we do some real fun stuff before the next season starts. Uh, one time I ran a Malifaux tournament. Another time we played a bunch of this Discord has ghosts in it. We, we do fun stuff during the offseason. Uh, you yeah, can go to tinyurl. It was fun. Tinyurl.com slash BXP Discord and hang out with us there. Right. Yeah. They want more of you. Where can they find you? I'm uh, currently I'm only on Tumblr as Ray as intended. That's R-A-I-A-S-I-N-T-E-N-D-E-D. It's a, a joke on, on my name and, and on the, 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 the initialism R-A-I, which is as intended. Thought it was cute. As intended. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm moderately popular on Tumblr. Did you know? I'm yeah, doing big know. numbers with the <laughs> with the little with the girlies. Every now and then I make a, a fucked up post about a fucked up woman and it goes viral. And I and I sit back and I and I reap the rewards. <laughs> yeah. The rewards are that my notifications are unusable. Yeah. The uh the one post I have that breached containment is still is still going. Is on still one hand, on one hand, it's like infinite serotonin, and on the other hand, 
my notifications are unusable and on the other 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 hand it does mean that like i don't see shit so if people are being stupid in my notes so just don't see it you're buried under a million people reblogging my post 37 times so like mm, well (laughs) uh you can find me i'm dice dash wizard on tumblr and i'm also that on blue sky i finally have enough people on blue Blue Sky sky any good it's off brand. Like tried like it's, five it's, or six it's different off Twitter brand. simulants. It's off brand Twitter, mm. but mm. horny is allowed. <gasps> really? Yes. Is that is that is that for real? That is for real. Um, apparently, it's Blue so for real. It people were complaining about like furry porn being in everyone's like trending pages, <laughs> <laughs> which frankly we love to see it. I mean, uh, yeah, I, okay, you, I'm sold. People have people are going there now. Like it seems to be a place where there are people. As a like, I I like you made a ton of accounts all over the place just to see where the people would go, mm-hmm. and then wherever people wound up, I would be like, well, I'll go there, just delete the other ones, or just never check them. Uh-huh. And it seems like a lot of people are moving to Blue Sky. Uh, I kind of have You're a right. feed now. I have enough people following me that, like, there's my feed is worth scrolling. I don't <laughs> post a whole lot still because, like, it's it's still in its fledgling state. And I don't, I don't know. Usually if I have something to say that I want to put on the internet, it's Tumblr post length. So that's usually where I do posting. Yeah. 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 But I'm that's why I'm, I'm on both places. You can follow me there. Uh, and if you want to hear more of me, I'm also a sometimes guest of the Eternal Moon cast talking about my other special interest, Sailor Moon which now has a regular monthly Saturday streaming show where we do a Sailor Moon slumber party where we play a bunch of goofy <gasps> games. That's adorable. We did one where we played Fuck, Mary Kill. Uh, <laughs> and then we did another where we made a tier list based on who you would like to solve your murder. Oh, And okay. the next one, our, our September one, we're going to play Gardic Phone. Oh my god. Sailor Moon themed Gardic Phone. Oh, I want to play Gardic Phone so bad. I gotta work. I gotta work. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really fun. So that's, you can find that at eternalmooncast.com. A bunch of the episodes drop to YouTube. You can also listen to them there. The main podcast is just like a Sailor Moon discussion, and I've been an occasional host popping on to talk about a bunch of stuff there. But then there's also the, like, Slumber Party stream, and that is a regular thing. And you can also find me on the Systematic Understanding of Everything, the Exalted Explainer at exaltcast.com. And that is that. I think we're done. I think we're done. Yeah. You should go have some lunch. Yeah. I should go have some lunch. Let's all, everybody, go have some lunch. Maybe if we all make the same sandwich, we'll usher in the singularity, and we won't even have to worry about the 2024 election. Maybe. I would like to publish my book before the singularity, though, so could we hold off on that? Okay. All right. I will make a completely different sandwich then, so don't worry about it. I'm not going to eat a sandwich at all. (laughs) Would you like to tell everyone to get out? Everybody get out! Yeah. How was that? lunch test was fantastic uh and you you remember how we end this right change it if you want to (laughs) yeah change it if you want to Do I have to do this? Oh, fine. Bonus Experience is written by Monica uh, and edited by Margaret. Our logo and art is by Nino Studios. Find her on Facebook and Instagram. Our theme song is Reuse Noise with the Light by CDK and is used under the attribution non-commercial Creative Commons license. BXP is part of the Misdirected Mark Network. Okay, there, I read it. Now, bye. 
Yes, I do know the ancient wisdom. <laughs>